What's going on, guys? AJ here, back again with another episode of the E1B2 podcast. Today, I want to talk about why angel investors and venture venture capital, excuse me, uh, should care about employee experience. This is something that I've been pondering for probably about four or five weeks now. Um, You know, we are building out a lot of strategic partnerships with angel investors, with startup advisors, with venture capital, and we are completely objective and and ready for the debate and argument of why we believe startup companies should genuinely invest early into operationalizing employee experience but what we've been trying to figure out is how are we going to articulate that 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 objective point of view that we have to the strategic partners that we inevitably need to work with which are the angel investors the advisors the venture capital firms um and so I wanted to just list out three things that we've been thinking about. There's an inevitable probably 10 or 12 things and reasons of why they should care. Um, but just three things that I know for a fact I believe in, um, members of my team believe in, and something that we genuinely believe will um, will hopefully um, convince, excite, uh, build that emotional glue and that objective trust with these angel investors in these venture capital firms. So uh, number one, higher retention leads to better product output and team cohesiveness that leads to innovation. Let me break that down. It's a mouthful, right? So higher retention, right? So the strategies that, that, that are implemented, the best practices that are implemented, the emotional glue that leaders build with employees, those things that are implemented inevitably lead to higher retention. Now, the employee experience disciplines and best practices and behaviors and habits that we put in place inevitably will lead to retention because employees are happier. Employees feel like they have actually have a place. They have a voice. They have a, a fight. In, they have a fight in the game as it pertains to what needs to happen on behalf of the business. They have ownership. Um, so a lot of these things lead to retention, right? And so the second piece of it is. Higher retention leads to better product output and team cohesiveness. It's a very simple model. You know, if you look into the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, all the major, you know, sports teams here in America, what you'll realize um, is that every single team that locks in their core, let's call it offensive line, or locks in their core quarterback for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, or locks in a core group of wide receivers, or locks in their core backcourt, or locks in their core pitchers and their core center fielders, or, or their core, um, you know, uh, you know, option hitters, or whatever the case is in baseball, right? Like, if you notice those teams that lock in those core players, the overall output, the success they have, the team cohesiveness, the team collaboration, the team efficiency is incredibly higher, right? Because it's just time. They have more time with each other. They have more time to get to know each other. They have more time to get to understand each other. They have more time to be able to build that emotional glue. They have more time to understand how each other likes to work, what times they need to leave each other alone, what times they need to lean into the uncomfortableness and and really push each other to drive forward and be better and be greater. 
there's a lot of benefits to having a team together for long periods of time. And we all know within a startup community, there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of turnover for many reasons. There's a lot of turnover because of burnout. There's a lot of turnover because of uh, a lack of uh, productivity within certain team members and they're fired quickly. Uh, there's a lot of turnover because of, um, of the finances. They're trying to be very lean and thus they're not impacting the employees in other aspects. And they're not only are they not paying them well, but they're burning them out. Thus, employees are finding other employment. There's a lot of turnover for a variety of different reasons. But if you lean into the higher retention best practices that are conducive to having employee get excited about being a part of the team for long periods of time, and you get an opportunity to keep that core 26 out of the inevitable 50 employees, or you keep that core of 35 out of the inevitable 70 employees, you, you're, you're able to kind of form this internal culture where employees really understand what the best practices are, how the company works efficiently, how the company company works productively, what's going to get things done, how are we going to actually move forward. They've seen a few things and they now know what to expect so they can onboard and support the next cohort of employees that are inevitably coming in. And so that cohesiveness leads to actual innovation which again, we all know is incredibly important for startups and why venture capital should care about innovation is because the last time I checked, if, 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 if companies are not iterating on their products, if companies are not growing, if companies are not developing, then at some point they're going to hit a plateau. At some point they're going to hit a, a, a mark, a point within their, within their life cycle where other companies are starting to catch up to them and, and gain ground, or they're going to catch a moment where the customer, the customers and the consumers and the clients are no longer impressed or excited about the framework of the business. So there's a lot of factors that go into why it's important to have higher retention, why it's important of how that leads to more cohesiveness in a team and how that all is connected to driving better output from an innovation perspective. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing, guys, is trust and commitment lead to more focus around higher levels of productivity, which is needed the, during the growth phase of a startup. Let me speak, let me spit that out again because that was a little bit um, confusing there. Trust and commitment lead to more focus, higher levels of productivity, which is needed during the growth phase of a startup. So let me dive into that now. Trust and commitment, right? When you have employees that trust and commit to your brand, that says a lot. Now, how do you get there? That's the question, right? So you get there again through a lot of the employee first, business second frameworks and perspectives that we care a lot about, right? So how do you build trust? You build trust by genuinely living into and diving into someone's reality. You build trust by doing whatever it takes to put in the learning and development infrastructure that is geared around their strengths, their passions, their interests. You build trust by you know, implementing a survey to your employees and asking for feedback and then actually building strategies that are designed to that feedback. You build trust by just being a good person, being a good guy, being a good gal. You build trust by showing your employees you have their back, even if it correlates to not necessarily generating enough income, but it's correlated to making that employee feel safe and emotionally kind of impacted and, and, and psychologically safe and, and emotionally connected to. Um, you build trust by just genuinely finding different ways to make everybody in the company a part of the inevitable vision. And you show them step by step by step of how they can go from where they are now as a junior account executive to inevitably becoming, I don't know, a COO. And then you show them that 
that that that that framework. You show them that that plan that you guys have in place. You build trust by executing against the employees realities and loving them before you expect them to love you. That's how you build trust. And that's how that trust leads to higher levels of productivity, higher levels of focus, which, which we all know is needed during the growth phase of a startup. We know we need this. Those companies right now that are scaling from 50 employees to 125, you guys are growing. Those companies right now that are selling and moving a bunch of product and doing a bunch of amazing things, you guys need employees that are freaking locked in. You guys need employees that are not playing around, that are excited, that are dedicated, that are focused, that trust what's happening. You guys need employees that are going to trust and commit. That is a fact. And so there's a lot of things around employee experience of how you can get there. You're not going to get there by just having a great product. You're not going to get there by just having a great brand. You're not going to get there by, you know, throwing around um, this, these amazing perks and benefits and all this bullshit. You're not going to get there by just that. Trust and believe because just as much as you can dangle 75K, 125K, 150K, all these benefits and, and these foosball tables and food, you know, you can dangle all that great stuff in front of the face, but guarantee that the, that the company down the street in San Francisco, the company down the street in Houston, the company down the street in Austin, Texas, the company down the street in DC, the company over there in New York, the company out over there in Palo Alto, you can guarantee that all these companies are trying to do the same and a lot of them can do much better than you. Because that's the thing, right? If you're backed by venture, if you're backed by an angel investor, best best believe there are other angel investors, other venture capital firms that are bigger and better than the one that you have that can put more money towards a lot of that bullshit. And so the best way that you're going to get there, in my personal opinion, doing the, doing the growth phase is focusing and trusting that you need to live into employee experience. You need to understand how to operationalize it. And you need to try to find any way possible to have your employees trust you as a leader, as a human, as a person, trust the processes, trust that you guys are going to have their best heart, best intentions in, in their heart and mind first, right? Employees first, business second, so that they can commit, commit to being a great employee, commit to being dedicated, commit to their tasks, commit to being innovative, commit to driving innovation through through their day-to-day uh, deliverables, commit to um, finding different ways to inevitably be the best employees they can be. Commit, 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 and have them trust that you are going to commit to them. Again, these things aren't foo-foo. These things aren't soft. These things aren't inevitably something that can potentially or not potentially happen. These things at a fact, at a data level, drive bigger business, especially during the growth phase. The third thing, leadership that is self-aware, patient, emotionally intelligent, and empathetic leads to building emotional glue with employees who may not be getting paid industry standards, yet they keep producing at a high level, which is needed when a company wants to build, lean, and reinvest in product and or marketing. I know that was a handful, so let me break that down. Leadership that is self-aware, patient, emotionally intelligent, and uh, empathetic, right? What does that look like? What does that mean? Let me give you incredibly practical scenarios here. I know you leaders right now, you startup leaders are dealing with a lot of stress. I know that for a fact. The very first step in any problem that you have in life as a human is to admit when you're wrong, is, is to admit when you have problems, to admit when there are things that are not right inside of your head from a stress level perspective, right? That's that's number one. That's that's just that's just true, correct? And so if that's just true, there's a level of self-awareness that comes along with that. 
And so the very first step that I love to see out of any founder or any manager within a startup is self-awareness around their leadership flaws, right? Being self-aware to admit that you have things that are not going well from a leadership perspective. Maybe you're not patient. Maybe you're not emotionally intelligent. Maybe you don't have a lot of empathy and unpacking why. Not getting so wrapped up in the rat race, not getting so wrapped up in trying to achieve these financial goals and these arbitrary numbers and getting more focused on what can you do to be more empathetic? What can you do to be more patient? What can you do to be more self-aware? What can you do to teach yourself, to develop yourself, to be a better leader, aka a better human so that you can actually show up and impact your employees at a deeper level? That is connected to building a bigger business. That is connected to doing more for your company that is connected to building emotional glue with your employees who may not be getting paid industry standards because you want to be lean, right? Because you and I both know, and when I say you and I, I'm talking to startup leaders out there. I'm talking to startup companies right now. You and I both know there are all different types of companies right now. You have, you have companies right now that are in the startup space that are living off of a 50,000 angel check and that's all they got. And you have to find a way to put together a lean team that are getting paid significantly under industry standards. Maybe you're not even paying them and you're dangling these stock options in their face. And and don't even get me started on that as a tactic, as a little carry that you're dangling in front of companies. I mean, in front of employees. Let me make something incredibly crystal clear. And I say this all the time to startups that I'm advising right now, startups that I'm with right now, startups that I'm trying to support. If you dangle a 5%, a 10%, a 2.5%, a 0.8% in front of my face, I understand that that is valuable at some point in life, but it's probably not going to be for another 10 years. And the likelihood of this company getting to the point where I'll be able to trade in and cash in that stock if I ever were to need it, it's going to take some time. Or if that company inevitably gets bought, it's going to take some time. So that's not always the biggest motivator. That's not always the biggest driver. The biggest driver is when you're self-aware and you're patient and you're emotionally intelligent and you're empathetic when you're trying to figure out what's going to be the best workflow design that you put in place. What's going to be the most empathetic decision-making policies and structures you put in place? What's going to be the most empathetic strategic policies and structures you put around innovation and generating new ideas and getting those new ideas done and building autonomy within your workflows for your employees and building autonomy within your teams and allowing teams to be innovative and getting things done. That's what's going to actually be a better impact, not dangling a 2% or 0.5% or 0.3% carrot in front of their face that inevitably is not going to mean anything for the next 10 to 15 years. That's something I think startups need to understand. And so how does all this make sense as it pertains to angel investors and venture capital? If angel investors and venture capital are investing in companies like E1B2 or companies or other consultants, don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to eat all the pie here. There are other companies, other consultants, other people that can impact companies at the employee experience level just as much or maybe even better than I can. And so why you, angel investor, why you, venture capital, why you, startup advisor, should care about these disciplines, should care about these variables is because it builds a bigger business. It builds a more productive business. It builds a business that lasts for long periods of time. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. Now, don't get me wrong. There are definitely businesses that that have been built and will continue to be built that don't care about any of these factors, that are not spending any significant amount of time readjusting and reworking all these things that we've talked about today. So don't get me wrong. That is possible. But if you want to build the biggest business, if you want to have 
ancillary PR and employer brand just attracting the best talent, uh, giving you guys opportunities and getting phone calls that you never would have expected, then I guarantee you, you have to focus on these variables, right? Because let's go down that rabbit hole for a second. Angel investor, venture capital, startup advisor, startup founder. Let's go down that rabbit hole for a second. Let's say, and I say this all the time, let's say you you, you give zero shits at an emotional level about all the things that we talked about today on this podcast and all the things that E1B2 Employees First Business Second stands for at an emotional, good human being level. Let's say that's the case. What we're talking about actually leads to, you know, Forbes or ink, or the local newspaper, or an up and coming blog, or an up and coming newsletter in the startup space writing about you guys because an employee ranted and raved about how amazing the culture was to his fiance, who is an assistant at a company who that assistant is dating um, the lead editor over at Forbes. And now you're getting press that you didn't even have to do any work for. And now you have two amazing developers that are coming to try to work for your company, not just because they heard about the amazing culture, but now they're very interested in your product. And you did nothing to generate that besides being a good person and driving uh, you know, good employee experience at an operational level. I mean, that's, that makes sense. Or the PR that you can get, which can lead to more dollars. Like there's a lot of benefits that are so ancillary and so out of the box that a lot of companies just don't think about. So I guess to wrap this all up, why I think is it, it's in the best interest of an angel investor, of a venture capital firm, of a startup advisor, of anyone that has any sort of equity or shares or investments inside of startups to focus on operationalizing employee experience and specifically the three things that we talked about today, leaders that are self-aware, patient, emotionally intelligent and empathetic, you know, having employees that trust and commit and, um, you know, having uh, higher retention strategies in place. Why it's important to focus on all these things at a very operational level. It's because it actually leads to building bigger businesses. It actually leads to being more productive. It actually leads to you getting more money on your investment, capitalizing on what you put in place. It just makes a lot of sense. And it also makes a lot of sense because as an angel investor, as a venture capital firm, you guys typically, typically don't have that POV, don't have those skills inside of your own wheelhouse, inside of your own bucket. So it's a good idea to invest in companies like us, or it's a good idea to find other people that can be a part of what you guys are doing to try to add value and bring legitimate, yeah, add value to those companies that you've invested in and to focus on the three things that we talked about today. So maybe I'm just crazy. I don't think I am. I believe the three things that I outlined today Every single startup founder, every single executive, every single angel investor, every single startup advisor, every single venture capital firm, every single person that is connected to investing and, 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 and wanting to see organizations grow financially and, and, and user wise or customer wise, whatever the case is going to be. These three things I outlined today around focusing on employee experience, operationalizing employee experience, I know for a fact it will lead to a bigger business. It'll lead to bigger returns in your investment. It will lead to greater and bigger things overall at a macro level. It's a good idea. Think about it. Listen to this. Pause it. Write notes. Press play. 
pause it again, write notes, rewind it, do whatever you got to do, but really understand what I'm talking about here. Really put something in place, whether it's someone internally at the startup, whether you're reaching out to an external source like us, but find ways to reinvest inside of your startups around these variables. I guarantee you guys will not regret it. Thanks a lot.